there's going to be listeners that listen to us and want to know how we grow these grade A organizations. And this is how you do that. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Order of Operations, Episode 6, Recruitment. I am your host, Nikki Atwood, and I am joined by my friend and peer, Libby. Hey, y'all. Today, we are launching our first podcast series. So today, for Episode 6, we are reviewing recruitment best practices. For Episode 7, we'll be discussing the interview process. For 8, it's all about training. 9 is employer retention. And then 10 is internal promotions. Nikki, before we get started, I wanted to ask you, what was your frog this week? Hmm. Well, this is not a great week. I feel like I had 25 frogs and I kind of want to blame the holiday weekend and just getting way out of my groove and then needing to play catch up all week um, or feeling the need to play catch up all week. I don't have a great answer here. Besides to say, I didn't do a great job. Even on your bad days, you're better than the rest of us. Oh, (laughs) well, I appreciate that, Libby. I hope that you were not in the same boat. What was your frog this week? I wouldn't even say that my frog this week was a frog. I had like a really boring week, I'll be honest. But we open, all of our businesses will be open starting Monday, June 1st, so... I'm honestly feeling fine right now. If anything would be considered a frog, it would just be how nervous I was to do our webinar. So if you don't know, Nikki and I hosted our first webinar on this Tuesday, right after Memorial Day weekend. And your owner, James Temple, really stuck his neck out for us. And so I was terrified to disappoint him. I've never worked directly with James before either. So this was like, my opportunity to prove that like my mother's daughter is not an idiot and that I am a good contributor to our organization and that I can be very professional and I can make James proud and I cannot embarrass us in front of home office and I cannot embarrass us in front of like the 100 people who donated $10 to attend our webinar. Shout out to us for raising $1,000, over $1,000 for the Nick Martinick Scholarship Foundation. That's awesome. But if anything was my frog, it was just how scared I was to disappoint James. <laughs> Well, I have only heard positive things, so I feel like we did fine. It was great to break into the webinar world as well. So I'm excited for what opportunities we have now that that door is open. For today, we are discussing recruitment, and we have Casey Dabbledeck joining us for an interview a little later on. I am a little biased because she is one of my team members and a friend, so I am excited to showcase her answers and her talent. So right now, the job market is flooded with quality talent that is experiencing job loss and maybe looking into changing their career path. So now is a prime opportunity to find a home for an awesome new team member that is feeling a little lost and you can provide some direction for. I'm sure you get this a lot, Nikki, but I know a question that Karen and I get asked a lot is where we find our A-team. I think a lot of owners get caught in the trap of, one, thinking of recruitment simply as posting an open position on a hiring site like Indeed. And then two, they're not spending enough time on developing company culture 
in a brand that makes them more of a magnet to top talent? I definitely agree. We have gone through a major evolution through our recruitment and hiring process. Casey was a huge proponent of this as well. And I think as math people, we're very process and data and structure driven. And Casey was able to bring in a good perspective of being focused on the people. And we did see a big improvement in our recruitment and our hiring when we were able to add more of our personality and add more of that like human element into our recruitment process and our online recruitment presence. In the last episode, episode five, all about burnout, Nikki shared a statistic about the fact that there's certain fields that have over 100% turnover for employees on any given year. And I shared that that's not too far out of the realm of possibility for a mathnasium. So Nikki, not to call Nikki out, but I know that you guys have over 100% turnover. And so that's something that might scare the average owner, but I want to help unpack that statistic and make people get more comfortable with the idea of having over 100% turnover. So there's a lot of factors that play with that number. There's going to be people who are leaving for college or they're a high school student who maybe were taking this as a summer job. And so that's going to contribute to that number. But the other thing that us as business owners and people who approach our learning centers as businesses do is we apply the 80-20 principle. So Nikki, are you aware of the 80-20 principle? I'm sure you are, but are you aware of like the name 80-20 principle? No, there's a lot of 80-20s out there. So I don't know about the one in the realms of recruitment. Okay. So maybe not necessarily the realms of recruitment, but like this is why we have to have strong recruitment is because the 80-20 principle is that the bottom 20% of your team is the part that you should be cutting because you don't want people seeing others slacking off and lowering themselves to, to their standards. So where this applies for recruitment is that your way of being able to constantly cut the bottom 20% of your workforce is that you need to be backfilling them. So that's where recruitment becomes eternally necessary. Something that we'll talk about with Casey is the idea of always hiring. So you will always be hiring top talent. So if someone walks in your door, maybe you're not urgently looking for an instructor. Maybe you have your schedule pretty decently covered and someone walks in and asks, are you hiring? Your gut reaction should never be no. Your answer that you guys should train yourselves to have is we are always hiring qualified talent. You will make room on your bench for that person because that person could completely blow everyone else out of the water. So you are always hiring top talent and you will run your business like a meritocracy. So the most qualified, most hardworking people are the ones that will get the hours and those that are like sinking to the bottom will just eventually work their way off the schedule. And I know that a lot of people have trouble with this because we we have had conversations, just haven't called it the like 80-20, but I, I know it's a bit of a culture clash because a lot of members of my organization and just Mathnasium in general have an education background. This doesn't really happen in education. It's all about how long has the teacher been there? How long has the professor been there? So I know it's tough for people to get their head around. Maybe people aren't a good fit and it's okay to cut them loose and have them find a new home. Honestly, it makes everyone involved a lot happier. And that's one thing that I 
tell myself whenever we like have to let somebody go is they're probably really unhappy. And what I'm allowing is for them to go find a place to find their happiness. So it's not a bad thing. Your team is also the one that's executing and fulfilling the Mathnasium mission. And if you have team members that are not actively contributing to your company mission, that is a negative place where you don't want to be. So it ultimately helps everyone involved to have the most curated and the strongest team available. I do need to add the caveat that I'm not proud of our turnover rate. And I do think there are some things that we can do better and we can discuss that more in the retention episode of this series. But I am proud to say that we are definitely on a journey to continue to make this the best organization. And that is something that will not stop. Yeah. And you're not alone because we swapped all these statistics with the other really large portfolio owners. And you are not by any means the only person who had over 100% turnover. And there's going to be natural causes for that that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And then just again, for anyone who's listening to this and it's kind of like a shock for you, this is kind of the fun of listening to Nikki and I talk about the mentality of our organizations. We want to be the best. You can't be the best if you have people on your team that are not willing to go the distance with you. And that's just what it is at the end of the day. And it's no harm, no foul. We wish them well. But at the end of the day, this is how our organizations grow. Awesome. So I know that we kind of went off on a little tangent there. This maybe has more to do with the retention episode that's coming up on episode nine, part four or five of our June series. But the reason that we're bringing it up is that recruitment should be omnipresent in your organization. You should always be thinking about bringing in applicants the same way you should be thinking about bringing in leads because that's how you're going to just grow into an A-player team. Awesome. So a lot of our talking points are actually covered in our interview with Casey. So I don't want to hold us up and stretch this out. Let's get right to it. Nikki, would you mind introducing us to Casey? She's part of the Team Temple organization. Yes. So Casey previously worked behind a lab bench and then would waitress on her free time and weekends And back in September of 2018, the stars aligned and we needed hiring help. And Casey was feeling dissatisfied in her current job. We brought her on. She was able to quickly grow with the role and make significant improvements to the foundation of our hiring process. So for example, when she first started, we were hiring about 15% of applicants and now it's closer to 30%. So she also cut our time from application to hire in half. And at this point, she has gone through 1,700 applications, mostly for the part-time instructors, but many for management as well. Awesome. Nikki, thank you for sharing another rock star from Team Temple with us. Thank you, Casey, for joining us today. Let's start off with some easy questions. How long have you been with Macnasium? What is your job title and job description? Hey, hi. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. I have been with Mathnasium for the last year and a half, around about. I am the talent coordinator. So basically, I'm in charge of recruiting new talent, um, getting them in to have their interviews. I'm also in charge of um, onboarding everybody once we decide to hire them into our systems. Awesome. I think some people have an easier time receiving information whenever it's presented as an analogy. So that's what I'm going to do for this question. Recruiting candidates, it's a lot like dating. And I'm about to show my age here. 
in this digital age that we're living in, online dating is huge. And the way that singles are pos positioning themselves to get the most matches possible is by showing their best side of themselves in their profile and inserting subtle brands into their bios. With this in mind, Casey, what do you put in Team Temple's dating profile to position you guys as the most attractive place to work in the hiring market? That's a great question. I think everyone really should think about their company's top three selling points. It varies from business to business, so everyone should be true to themselves and understand where their top points are. For ours, I like to sell, I think, number one, growth opportunities. We love to promote from within. We love to have internal applicants. We love to foster what people are good at and steer them in a direction that suits them best. I think that's one of my favorite things about working for Team Temple. I also like to talk about work-life balance. I think they work really hard to make sure that we don't overwork ourselves and still <laughs> feel okay having a day off and trying to take time off. I know over Memorial Day weekend, Nikki specifically put out a message that was like, do not work for the next two days. I do not want to see you on your computer, <laughs> which I think is great for multiple reasons. We work with a lot of people who are willing to on their day off, sit and get things done. And then we work for people who are going to tell us not to do that. So I, I think that's a great selling point. We also are a franchise. So I always like to sell to any kind of person in recruiting college students that we have locations literally anywhere you can think of. So it might not be within the Teen Temple franchise, but wherever you move, you can transfer a position. There's a lot of growth and a lot of ways that you can go anywhere with the Mathnasium family. So those are the three that I like to put. But overall, if I'm talking to people in person, I like to brag about our owners. I, I think people need to know who they're working for. And I like to brag about how caring and wonderful these humans are <laughs> that have chosen to grow this institution and give us all homes where we feel safe and included and part of a team. And so I think that's always just a fun thing to be able to entice people with. <laughs> now I want to work for Teen Temple. A lot of companies looking to hire approach the job market only thinking about candidates needing to compete with one another for our job openings, but underestimate the importance of the fact that they are competing against other employers as well. So thank you, Casey, for elaborating on what is needed to be shown through the company's dating profile. Now, what about the job description itself? How do you format a job description? What are some key words that you find really important? Are you trying to cast a wide net when you're recruiting or are you trying to narrow down the candidate pool through that initial job description? I would say I have something different than a necessary job description. Our job descriptions are for a little bit later in the process. I don't use them for recruitment at all. Technically, I have smaller blurbs that are easier to see on the internet. Our job descriptions are really lengthy, full of like tasks and key results areas and things that are going to be for you on this job that you have to complete versus my recruitment blurbs are a little bit like yes you need these skills but mainly it's it's talking about attitude it's talking about goals it's a little bit more bigger picture instead of the nitty-gritty of a job description but the keywords we do use are leadership our growth our engagement we really want people who are going to stay engaged be engaged keep our students engaged, our employees engaged, and have that kind of spark. I know that might not be necessarily what you were asking, but job descriptions are more formatted with expectations. 
versus I think that our job ads are formatted more with here's what we have to offer. Here's how we compare to the other companies. Here's what we are as a whole. Does that kind of vibe with what you're looking for? I like that answer personally, because I know my parents, we talk about the 51 percenters is what we call them. Mm -hmm. So 51 percent of the attributes that make an employee great are things that you can't necessarily teach. They're parts of that person's characteristics, their level of empathy for others, which is going to be really important in a mathnasium setting. Their savviness, their tenacity, those kinds of things, no matter how hard you train and coach people, if that's just not who they are as people, it's not going to be a good cultural fit for your organization. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So that is your recruitment strategy. Now let's talk platforms. What recruitment channels have you tested for Team Temple? And which ones do you believe have given you the greatest return on investment? I do spend a lot of time on Indeed. I think they've built a platform that's easy to use, kind of hard to mess up, and really does cast a wide net. And since you have the option to sponsor things, you can kind of have the little bit of advantage. But because you don't have to sponsor anything, you still get the same wide net. You still get your name out there. And I've seen other companies that aren't Indeed pull my Indeed ad and throw it up on their pages. It's centrally known. People know it. People know to look for it. It's the first place I think of when I wasn't happy at my last jobs. I would be on Indeed for the first like 10 minutes every day. For recruitment in general, I think Handshake is super important. That's what all the colleges are connected to. We have job postings on Handshake all the time. That's how I sign up for job fairs. That's how I sign up for any career events. We've signed up for mock interviews or resume workshops, things to help the students. So we're actually like making partnerships with these institutions instead of just showing up twice a year on, to have a table. And then as always, I think for recruitment and just connection in general, everyone needs to focus on their LinkedIn profiles. I reach out to different schools. I have connections with career office people. We support each other and like each other's things. We keep in contact. We know what's happening. LinkedIn is just a great resource for anyone in general, especially if they want to be focused in their field, if they want to make those connections, if they want to foster relationships that they wouldn't normally have. So I need to take a moment and brag about Casey because from all of her work with Handshake and with George Mason University, we were able to be posted on one of their career partner walls and get our logo up on the wall with huge companies like Boeing. And that was just from those relationships. We didn't have to pay a dime to get our logo up there, but just from fostering that connection through jumping on any opportunity that George Mason gave to us, Casey was able to get some serious advertising. Wow, that's amazing. You mentioned Handshake. I think Handshake is one of those platforms that not enough people in our company are aware of. So I just want to give a quick PSA on Handshake. Handshake is very thorough because they're looking to have kids in their colleges get placed with jobs. And colleges really brag about like their employment rates exiting with like a bachelor's degree, an associate's degree, whatever it may be. So Handshake is really thorough. So it's not one of those platforms where you can decide within five minutes, I want to do a job posting. Mm -hmm. There's a full application and kind of like background check process on the employer where they want to know that you're a legitimate LLC or corporation and who you're looking to hire. So you can't just say, I'll hire anyone. They want to know I'm hiring someone with a math degree. I'm hiring someone with a business administration degree. 
So it's a really thorough process. So that's not one you guys can just jump in on a moment's notice. That's something that you're going to want to set up in advance. And then you actually provided us a really great transition, Casey, because you ended on LinkedIn. I know Team Temple has one of the strongest Mathnasium LinkedIn's out there. I'm really trying to keep up with you guys. But you guys have like 450-ish followers on your company page. So how important would you say that having a really strong LinkedIn presence is that for your recruitment process? I think it's extremely important. We've used LinkedIn to search resumes and reach out to people. And it's hard to reach out to people and say, hi, I like you. Do you want to work for me? If you don't have any content, if they can't see what kind of a business you are, if they don't understand where you're coming from or what your stances are as a business, it's almost like a dating profile again, where you you can't click on a blank page and have nothing on it. You're going to be like, mm, not great and, and move on. You're going to swipe left. Okay, Casey, these next two are about some non-traditional channels for recruiting some really great talent for your organization. So first off, a lot of small businesses, they have referral programs in place for their customers to get new customers. Does your organization have a referral system in place for employees? And if so, who do you share that referral program with? Hey, I love this question. We're very proud of our referral program. I like to brag about it a lot. Basically, because we have to have people take a math test when they get hired, our hire rate is probably like one out of every four interview. But with our referral program, our hire rate is about 50% instead of 25%. It's like two out of every four. So it, it automatically just brings in more quality talent. Our program is if you refer someone and they put your name in the application and they get hired, they'll, you are then eligible for your $100 bonus, which we split up and give you $50 of it when they finish their orientation and then $50 of it when they finish their training. So it's a little bit of an incentive to like get them in, get them started, and then a little bit more incentive to have them finish training as soon as possible. Oh, I like that. Just to give like a secondary perspective for anyone who's listening. I know ours is, I think we upped it to 150. It was 100. I think now it's 150. And we do it after they pass like the three month anniversary of their hire date. Yeah. So, but I like the idea of splitting it up into two parts and doing like some in the beginning and some at the end. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It's because you want to make sure that the talent does actually work out before you go and give someone a hundred bucks. Otherwise, I would just tell all their friends, hey, just work for like two days so I can get this cash. Right. There's, a, there's <laughs> ways to manipulate the program that you have to be aware of and have to kind of put in little checks and balances to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. So you primarily share this program with other staff members. Do you share it with customers at all? I actually haven't really thought about integrating customers in it. We've had customers refer people and I believe there could be a way to incentivize more referrals with actual discounts on a month, something like that. But that's not actually something we've dug into yet, but I love the idea. It's food for thought. We do it in our organization and that's how I got everyone's big siblings, everyone's nannies and babysitters. I've liked it for our organization, especially for one location in particular. Because nothing makes a kid feel more comfortable when they first walk in the door than when they see their childhood babysitter. And they're just like, oh, okay. It's not going to be some scary, mean teacher teaching me. This is the person who I used to play bingo with whenever my mom went to the store. <laughs> Perfect. Secondary active recruitment tactic that is a little more non-traditional is what are your thoughts on poaching talent? For example, I know my family, we also own gyms. Anytime my dad sees a really physically fit person, 
at the grocery store or restaurant, he tries to actively recruit them to work for our gym. Do you guys do anything with that? Kind of. Poaching kind of has a, a negative connotation. So I don't know if poaching is the name we use. We've always used the resume options in LinkedIn and the resume options in Indeed to actively look at resumes, actively reach out to people and say like, hi, we're hiring. I love what you've got. What are you doing? And kind of just actively working on it from that angle. But then also, I love what your dad does because I'm kind of the same way. If I'm out at a restaurant having a good time and somebody next to me is engaging and exciting and fun, I'm like, you look like you could sell. What do you do? Do you have a math background? It's just about like engaging and connecting with people. And just like we were talking about before with the unteachable things, the personality, the sparkle that you can't teach, you can find that out in the real world and harness it if you want to. And it's not coaching, it's not stealing from somebody, but it definitely is going like, are you happy? What would it take to make you happy? Here's what I have to offer. One of our CDs in our Richmond district is someone that I did that with, where I was like, I can tell you're not happy. I think you need to work for an institution who would treat you better. I think I have that institution for you. Like here, go apply. That's all it is. It's helping people find their home that fits them the best. And I don't know if that's poaching necessarily. It's getting people where they need to be and where they belong. Because if you do see a buff guy on the street, you're going to be like, hey, you should work at a gym. Look at you. I love it. And I know we just need to put the caveat out there that when we talk about poaching, we don't mean we're poaching from other mathnasiums. I know that's a concern that a lot of people have within a franchise is that you're going to hire and train some talent and then someone's going to just immediately take them from your team. So Casey, you do a wonderful job quickly training new team members on what to do to have some quality recruitment. So if someone has just started their business is just in a position where they are responsible for recruitment. What are some like 101 items that you feel like everyone should know? Oh boy. I think basics is just connection. Don't be afraid to reach out. So right off the bat, you should do the research of like the schools in your area and maybe send some emails to create some partnerships in the surrounding areas. There's a lot of high schools that you can recruit from. I'm sure there's community colleges and, and regular colleges. And I guess supplies right off the bat you should worry about being seen being out there word of mouth being in your community so i would print some flyers right away we have some tear off flyers that we like to post in just random coffee shops and any kind of cork board you can find for brand awareness develop a system right away that works and that's efficient so you can actually keep track of the names that you're bringing in and anything from them just like filling out a spreadsheet when you see them to have their name and information on file. When I grab someone at a fair, we have these really cool business cards that literally say now hiring, text math to 313131, then get sent a link to the online application. So we've just developed a system really quickly that gets people in and gets people in the system right off the bat. I need to give due credit where credit is due. Originally yeah. got that from the Khalil team. I was going to say, she said that and I was like, I swear. That is team. It is. That's awesome. No, I love it. And I want to make sure everyone knows that even if you don't have like a six digit phone number with like a keyword where it's going to be super automated, you can always put if you have a texting service, just whatever that texting service number is, and then have them still text a keyword like job, text the keyword job to whatever your center's texting line is. And you don't need to worry about it 
being automated, your candidate's not going to be like, a robot didn't immediately send me a link to apply. It's fine. It just is easier for you as an employer. It doesn't have to be a big investment on your That's end. That's true. Well, at least in that way, you have their cell phone number and you know that they're interested in the job. And that's kind of all it takes to start is like a lead that you need to follow up on or that you can dig into a little deeper. Perfect. Okay. So to wrap things up, this is one of my favorite things that Nikki and I do. And sorry, Nikki, you've been excluded from most of this interview, but that's just because it would be really weird for you to interview someone who's a part of your organization where you know all the answers. So I'm kind of taking this one. Casey, I don't think you have any questions for Nikki because you would ask them if you did. <laughs> what questions do you have for me? Let's spin this thing around. I would love to hear how recruitment happens in your organization. I don't really know much about lasting recruitment. Yeah, there's, I look at recruitment as two pieces. I look at our management team and I look at our instructional team because I approach that with two very different styles. Our management team, something I've been investing a lot of time in is the Goldbergs have this beautiful recruitment video that really showcases their culture and their relationships between upper level management and their ownership team. And I think it's awesome. So something I like have as my project over the summer is to develop a video like that because I know that my management team, we mesh so nicely. We've all been together for two to five years, depending on what region of our portfolio you're in. So we all have this like awesome chemistry and there's a lot of growth opportunities that I want people to hear firsthand from our upper level management team. We use Indeed as well. So Indeed is our primary recruitment platform. We also have LinkedIn. I don't do paid things on LinkedIn, but that's how I really try and showcase our brand and then just showcase those highlights, those spotlights of really awesome things that are happening in the organization. And then for instructors, something that we do that's a little bit different we, for the most part, don't have to actively recruit because we're an employer of choice for the local high schoolers, which is something that you have to build up over the years. But we're kind of an employer of choice now where the really smart kids want us on their resume because it's just evidence to the fact that they actually are that good. It's very validating to their STEM skills whenever we employ them. And then anyone who's graduating out of our program, they're heading off to college their time with us is done. One, we let them know that they are more than welcome to have a letter of recommendation to go work at the nearest mathnasium to them. I think that's a really important thing to do as an employer. But we also ask them to try and backfill their own position. Typically, they know the person that's a year under them and is of a similar mindset, a similar skill set. They know who the next year's valedictorian and salutatorian are going to be. And so we ask them to recruit for us and we just tell them like, hey, that'd be a really nice parting bonus, wouldn't it? If you gave us the employee to backfill you, we'll give you the recruitment dollars just straight off the bat if you were able to do that for us. So I think those are like the only two things that we do that are particularly different. I love that you guys all have business cards. I have been dying to get a business card for recruitment purposes. But for now, I just have a poster in the window that says that we're always hiring great talent. That's the only other thing recruiting wise that I think that we do that maybe not everyone does universally. If you are a qualified person, I will hire you and I will spend the extra payroll to make you a part of my team. Great. Thank you for your question, Casey. And now that gives us the perfect point to transition to problems of the week. So Nikki, we got a lot of problems of the week through our Instagram page. And honestly, Casey hit a lot of them. So let's just cover the high points in case anyone missed anything super important. 
So the first question we got was a technical question about the platforms to recruit from. Yeah, and so Casey covered Indeed and Handshake, and I definitely second your thought that Handshake is an underutilized platform. So just another plug there and a reminder to update your Handshake presence. And then just like how Derek had mentioned in episode three about building strong relationships within your community, Casey really hit on the fact that she developed relationships with these schools over time and invested in being a happy helper. The second question we got was what goes into a good job description to be able to attract candidates? I really liked Casey's answer here because it was the job description will not attract a candidate. So you need to have a specific job ad and then use your job description a little further down the line. Think of them as two separate documents with two separate purposes. I know for us, an example of this is that our job ad is actually a, it's a GIF. It was a video, but I turned it into a GIF. It's a GIF of a retired teacher coming up from behind one of our like fifth grade students and putting bunny ears behind their head while they're doing their mathnasium binder. And it's so cute, but it just kind of shows like that student teacher relationship. And I think that that's going to attract a lot of our instructional candidates. So that's what we use in lieu of opening with a job description. Our last question was, how do you recruit against big companies? I think that we need to play to our strengths here. And Mathnasium is a really interesting blend because we are a franchise that we have a lot of the like strengths and perks of being a large organization, but we also have that hometown family run feel that is a great blend of both worlds that I know it's hard for a lot of people to find. There are also benefits to the employees as being part of the franchise, because I know that we have had people transfer to different states and to different ownership groups when they left for college or they had to like move home to help their family. And we've been able to do a lot of transfers. I like the point you made of there's a nice duality to being a part of a franchise because we have 1,300 international locations for Mathnasium, but also we're locally owned and operated. There is a nice balance there. The other talking point that I'll hit for recruiting against big companies, if we're talking instructor level at least, for the most part, you're hiring entry-level candidates. A lot of the times whenever you're interviewing an entry-level employee, you need to remind them of the purpose of their first job. The purpose of your first job is to gain experience and get you the next job. And so who's more qualified to do that? Mathnasium or a fast food industry kind of place? With us, they are validating their academic skills. They're validating their ability to work with adults because there's going to be the authority figure in the business. Peers, because the instructors are going to be of their age set. And then young kids, which is really a test of their patience. Getting to really validate a lot of the skills that would go on a resume, in addition to the fact that a place like Mathnasium, there's infinite growth opportunities. Even if your own organization, if you're an owner operator and you think, okay, well, they can never be a center director. So it's going to pretty much like poop out at the lead instructor level or the ACD level. You're forgetting the beauty of the franchise organization where we have a corporate office and there are opportunities at other locations. And that can be a part of your growth opportunity strategy whenever you position yourself in the job market. Even if they're not growing with you, they'll be growing with Mathnasium, and that's the beauty of this family. 
Thank you for listening to Order of Operations. This was episode six, Recruitment. Thank you to Casey for joining us and our Mathnasium colleagues for submitting questions. To practice what we preach, we are also now on LinkedIn, so please go find us there. I'm your host, Nikki Atwood. And I'm Libby Lossing, and we'll leave you with this, PEMDAS. There's a podcast every Monday. Download and subscribe. Bye. Bye.